Good morning, good morning. It has been a minute since we've been in here led by the word. Apologies, but we are here today. Yeah. How long has it been? A while. It's <laughs> been a very long while. I was trying to remember and I could not, so. Well, uh, we ended on a good note. We finished up First Second Kings, First Second Chronicles, and then I was like, okay, we're stepping into some new stuff. This ties in a lot with Chronicles. Yes, it does. Uh, so that, that's exciting. Also, another thing, I didn't realize Ezra is such a big gap of time. So I looked it up. I think it's 77 years covered in the book. And it starts, we have, you know, the exile of the Jews with the Babylonian Empire and their migration back. Yes. And there's, <laughs> there's such a beautiful story of coming back to God. And we, we make it like, oh, you know, you come back arms wide open, the whole uh, prodigal son, he's there, he's waiting, he's going to run and meet you. I love that. Mm -hmm. But it's also a process. It is. You especially see that in their struggles. And we're going to get into it today. We're reading the first five chapters. There's ten chapters in Ezra, so we just broke it in half. But, yeah, you see, as we get into it, they kind of had to fight, honestly. <laughs> uh, well, what I want to say is a warning to people in this, a warning to people serving God, Leaving and coming back, it's easier to leave than the comeback process is not guaranteed easy. Right. So I, I want to encourage people that are away. Being away from God has no benefits. Being away from God has no rejoicing. Being away from God has no victory. But that journey back is worth it, even though it is going to be troublesome. Mm -hmm. So get back to God. You're only going to win if you're in your promise land. You're only going to end, win if you're in your calling. But people here don't run away from this. People here don't submit yourself to captivity that God's already delivered you from. Mm -hmm. And we see through, throughout Chronicles, Chronicles was an intense story and a timeline. We see at the end of this, there's good king, bad king, good king, bad king. And it come to a point to where so much bad, there was punishment. And it was, it was tough punishment. Well, I mean, the exile was a part of that, yeah. you know, so if, when you're watching these, if you watch them in order, obviously, it won't seem like it's been months since we've recorded, so it'll make more sense, because when we start in chapter one, it really does pick off right from the end of Second Chronicles. So before we get started, I'll just reiterate what Jesse said. These first few chapters of Ezra, they are the return from Babylonian captivity, and then there is a period of 23 years, and then we go through chapters seven through 10, and it's the story that I'm excited about. So next week, you watch this. We're doing the return. We're doing the comeback to the promised land. We're doing the fighting back of the enemy, uh, the rebuilding of the place, the gathering of materials. But next week is the temple. Yes, very exciting. And as you've noticed, if you've watched any of our previous stuff, Mike is very passionate about the temples. So. Every time the temple comes up, I'm like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm turning this over to you. Okay. Also, pause, got to say this. We started a new thing. We have our January fast. This is what I want to talk about today is our um, just exciting news. In our youth department and our young adult department, we have the January fast and we've broken into two groups. Mm -hmm. Jesse is overseeing the... Uh, young lady teachers, and I am with the young men. we got Brother Mitchell here with us tonight. And in the men's group, we were talking last night, boy mindset versus man mindset, boy spiritually versus man spiritually, boy as a Christian versus man as a Christian. Mm -hmm. and we're just talking about the transition of all those things. Kind of like here, we're talking about the transition from captivity to this. We're just talking about the process of how to go from here to there. And seeing Mitchell and Cody, two of our leaders, open up, 
and just the anointing fall. It was an unbelievable experience in our first teaching last night. Uh, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. Actually, I, I was up till like 1 a.m. with Jesse or 12 a.m. Mm-hmm. just talking about this. It was so exciting. And just to see the young people's passion. One thing, I can't get away from this. Mitchell's here with me, and I'm sure that it's uh, touched him too. One of our young men, his passion right now, and his goal is to read the Bible in 180 days. I was After he said that, I was like, we got to give this dude hand clap, right? Like, this is the greatest, I mean, this is a big commitment, and this is it's not always easy, but this is where he is, and he's quite a few days in, multiple chapters in. I don't know, it's touching. Man. What was your perspective of last night? Uh, last night we got really real. <laughs> so I'm giving the young ladies who helped lead the youth group with us um, a chance to each take a week, since there's like four of us, four weeks, I'm giving them a chance to each lead one of the nights. So last night was my night um, because I just want to kind of set the foundation and give them kind of like a template that they were welcome to follow. So I had to speak from my hurts and my experiences. And our theme is, because obviously we're not studying about, you know, godly men versus godly boys and stuff like that. We're doing more female-focused study. So our thing is we're working through a book called Lies Young Women Believe. And it starts all the way back in Genesis where Satan deceived Eve. And from that, of course, sin came into the world and all sorts of horrible things. But we're taking this opportunity to identify Satan as the father of lies, the lies that he tries to convince us. I think it's 25 really common lies, especially for young women, that they often hear and face and receive as their truth. So we're trying to dispel that. We're trying to give them authority and be like, how to recognize, how to cast this down, and how to saturate your mind with the truth. And he is that truth. So how to pray, how to recognize. I love the story your dad uh, references all the time about how the man... He looked at the dollar bill, I think it was for like a, a month or something, mm-hmm. and because he was working for like the National Treasury Service and counterfeiting, and he became so familiar with the real that he could instantly recognize the fake. And that's what we're trying to arm these young women with, is that they are so saturated in the truth that when the enemy comes with a lie, they're like, hey, no, get out of here, devil, like that is not the truth. Um, but in order to do that, I did have to speak from some of my own experiences and lies that I've personally been fed and believed as a very young child, and that is kind of raw, even though I'm mostly healed from all that. So it was good. We got really real, but I'm looking forward to hearing the other young ladies uh, as they lead in the following weeks. It, it was it was exciting to kind of go around and poll the young people, saying, what did you think? You know, we've never done this before. How'd you right. feel about it? It was it was a solemn night, but to see every one of them was excited for the next teaching. Yeah. And keep in mind this, these are young people and young adults. When we have the next teaching, we're also robbing them of a play night, fun night. <laughs> So by them being excited and not bummed out, I was touched by that. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is this is really cool. This is a passion after the gospel, passion after the word. Oh, and everything we're doing is biblically based. Uh, of course. What we talked about when me, Mitchell, and Cody was here, everything is backed up scripturally. Mm-hmm. And you, you want to know something, seeing God's plan and purpose for you, it's like, what is his plan? What is his purpose? You get in this word, it's pretty yay and amen. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's easy to back up this stuff. Well, that's something actually Faith touched on last night was talking about how sometimes people make their, own, their whole identity like, what is my purpose on this earth? You know, why was I made and all of this? And she was talking about and within the scriptures, you see the truth of why you're here. And so, yeah, it's really flowing together even though we are teaching the genders separately. It's not a co-ed teaching like we would normally do. I think it's really There's a comfort there too. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I told him, I said, I got to bring a real rascal maybe one day, my son Clark. And I said, but it's okay. He is a boy. <laughs> Like-minded. Right. Okay, uh, I've spent too much time on this. We're going to go into our teaching. Jesse, take us through the book of Ezra. Okay, so Ezra starts out, like at the end of Second Chronicles, with King Osiris, who was king of Persia. He also, like, ruled over Babylon. Um, I'm a little confused on the geography there. Geography was one of my absolute worst subjects right after math, close second, but in that general area. So he had a decree, and basically what it was is the Lord, in verse 1, I'm just going to read part of it. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all the kingdom and put it also into writing. So the proclamation was that he's like, wow, I have all this land that I'm rolling over, and the Lord has told me we need to build the house back, the house of the Lord back. So he's like, any of you guys who have been exiled, like, come on up. Let's, like, get out of here, you know? Like, it's your time. Let's rebuild the house. And I, lo- like, I absolutely 100% agree, and I'm not taking away from, we need to pray for godly leaders in our country. This is from hope. Lord. Raise up godly leaders, please. And it does grieve my spirit when we have leaders in place in this country that are not after God's heart. Of course it grieves my spirit, not taking away from the seriousness. But I'm done despairing over leaders who don't follow after God. Um, like I did when I was younger, I lived in a lot of fear, like, oh no, what's going to happen to the country? What's going to happen to Christians? And what's going to. I'm done with that because I know the Lord is not hindered by politics. He is not stunted by who's in charge. He can use anywhere and anything that he wants to. This guy did not follow God, and yet his spirit was stirred up. Like, can, can I talk a little bit please, here? Please, yeah. So this all goes back, uh, you can't kill a promise. Mm. So God has a promise to his people. I mean, let's say right now, his promises are yay and amen. There's no way around it. Yeah. This proves there's no way around it. So this promise is in place. These people are d- disobedient, and these people are literally trying to kill the promise God gave them. So there's, there is a punishment, there is a problem, and there is a journey of a captivity. Right. This is really their second journey. Count Egypt and this. Yeah. So they go, and they come back, and they're in this captivity, and God's wanting to bring them back. And from the outside looking in, there's no person in place to help God fulfill the promise. Right. There's no Christian leader. There's no... Israel kingdom, there's, there's, there's nothing. So God has to use an enemy of the kingdom and stir him up to make his promise come into play. Mm-hmm. And I think it is so powerful to know that the promises in your life are so concrete, so in place, to where even enemies of the gospel will make them come true. Mm-hmm. God looks at, I mean, you, you look at Pharaoh. This, this God did the same thing through with Pharaoh to make the uh, escape happen. Mm-hmm. So we look here with this guy. God literally stirs him up. That's what the Bible says. To where it says, okay, now you've conquered. Now you've made this huge kingdom. Now you've went and took over your world. Now I want you to go to my part of this world, mm-hmm. which the whole world belongs to him. But he says, now I want you to go to my promised land. I want you to get my people to rebuild my temple. Mm. Why did he do that? Right, That's not in his best interest. Right. He was just stirred up in the spirit. He was like, all right, it's what we're doing. Like, you kind of see the parallels, too, in Esther. You know, the king was like, yeah, it sounds good. Like, let's just get rid of all the Jews, whatever. And she was like, actually, 
And then we see that situation where they were brought out and it was amazing. And I mean, the king did not care, you know, about that originally. So it's funny how this is kind of like a reoccurring theme, especially to the Old Testament. So my notes here is God used Cyrus, Darius, and Atraxas to encourage and help the Jewish people return home. Mm, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Go ahead. Um, so that's the first six verses. Uh, the section, chapter 1, verse 7 through 11, I love this. Not only did they return to Jerusalem, from which they were exiled, they brought back the temple vessels. So when you experience true freedom in Christ, you don't live that defeated lifestyle of just barely surviving. Amen. You come out with more victory, and you can have that more abundant life that Christ promised. And I love that they returned not beaten down, broken, like they could. They really could. Amen. They came back, and they came back with stuff. Like, they were like, yeah, I'm taking this back. Thanks. I mean, and it's not like they did it in the night. The king's like, take it. Like, this this is y'all's. Like, you know, and it was in the wrong place. It was in their false temples for their false gods. And he's like, this belongs to you. And that's just more evidence of the Lord moving through the king. In chapter 3, this is where worship is restored at Jerusalem. And verse 3, I love this. And they set the altar upon his bases, for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries. And they offered burnt offerings there on unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. These offerings were continual. I love that. There's several instances in the Old Testament where you see that they were burning offerings morning and night. And I... I love that. And then verse 6 lets us know they were doing this before the foundation of the temple was laid. They didn't need the building, you know. Of I course, think this is 20-something years. Right. That, like, it would be easy to be like, oh, well, we'll just do that after we get the temple, you know, because then we'll have the court and we'll be able to do all this and, you know, like it's supposed to. No, they were doing it before the temple. They were almost doing it in a faith kind of way where they're like, this is who we're going to be because it tells us that they started observing the right fast, you know, and the feast and all this stuff, like everything they were supposed to be doing according to the Mosaic law. And I love that they did not wait for the building. Um, and then verse in, six, uh, from the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, but yes. the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not even yet laid. Yes. I said I wouldn't go to do any verses. That verse <laughs> kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. Are you willing to praise God? before your answer is there. Ooh. Are you willing to worship God before your answer is there? Last night we talked about having a vision. And you got to have a vision so dedicated that when you're in prayer and there's no proof of anything changing, you still got to be willing to follow that vision. Absolutely. And I love how these people, they entered in. And can I tell you something that I believe that was encouraging to these people? We've been rescued from captivity. Mm. And you know, when you first you commit your life to God and all that deliverance and all that breakthrough, and you're realizing, I am free. You may not have everything you want. You may not have every victory you think you deserve. But when you're just alone, walking in freedom, there's something special there. Oh, yeah. No. So I, I challenge you, don't look at what you're missing. Look at what you have and praise God for that. Right, the abundance of blessings you may not even realize because you're dwelling on, like you said, what you don't have. Um, verse 10 through 13, such a victorious little section. I'm just going to read through it. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites and the son of Asphat with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy endureth forever towards Israel. You can tell right now, like, they, they had that thankfulness, like you said, of being brought out of captivity. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised 
the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. Talking about the ancient men, I can't even fathom what kind of emotions they were feeling when they saw the foundation of the new house. Like those feelings of like seeing the first house in their minds. Like I can't imagine how hopeless they felt in exile. Like, you know, that's gone. That'll never come back. You know, there, or if it comes back, it definitely won't be in my lifetime. We've messed up too bad. And to see the restoration in their own lives, of course they wept. And of course people were shouting for joy. Like I just, I can feel the overcome by emotions in this like passage of scripture and I love a good like shout of praise going on here you know they were thankful they were excited they were not taking it for granted and I love that when you see someone that's restored back to the kingdom they're almost zealous like they almost have this like I don't know they're coming from a place of thankfulness Mm -hmm. and it branches out into everything they do so immediately not immediately some time passes it says in chapter four that the adversaries, it's a very important word, of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity built the temple unto the Lord God of Israel. And then they came to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as ye do, and we do sacrifice unto him. The leaders had enough discernment to understand, no, y'all are not coming from a good place. Get out of here. We're going to build it ourselves. Like, you have no place in this. And I think it's very important that the scripture does say they're adversaries. It doesn't say allies. It doesn't say, like, they were neutral. It didn't say, oh, you know, come sometimes we do business with them. If you've ever heard the saying, don't make a deal with the devil, this, this right here is a great example of that. Because I have no idea, like, when... A lot of people try to justify, well, you know, I shouldn't really work with this person because, you know, they're just not living the right way. But the ends justify the means. The ends hardly ever justify the means. And they had enough discernment, um, Jeroboam and Jeshua, um, and discernment that they basically told them to get lost. And they did the right thing. So you would think, okay, God's going to bless this. But um, they got really upset that they were told off, and they started making accusations against them. I don't know if you want to touch on any of this. Go ahead. Okay. So they basically were like, this is a bad, rebellious city. Like, you don't need to trust Jerusalem, king. Like, this is serious. Like, you need to tell them to stop building their temple because they're going to fortify, and they're going to fight against us. Check your your logs and see if they didn't, you know, come and fight and all of this, right? So they plant the seed of, like, oh, bad, no good, like, get them to cease the temple. So the king was like, oh, my goodness, you're right. Like, they have come against us, and you tell them to stop building the temple. So they temporarily put a, like, cease on building the temple. And then in chapter 5, they start up again. And they ask them, they're like, who told you you could rebuild the temple? Who told you you could resume your building plans? And I love their reply in verse 11. And thus they returned us answer, saying, We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and build the house that was builded these many years ago, which a great king of Israel builded and set up. And I love that. That has the same energy as, don't worry, I have a permit. I can do what I want. I can do what I need to do here. I am ordained by God, and, you know, honestly, God gave me permission. So you're just, you know, humans. We're just going to do what we were told to do. And in this, you see how when they were doing a good thing, they were commanded, you know, let's rebuild the temple. Let's do all this. 
And the enemy hates that they were going to have a set place to worship and come before the Lord. The enemy hates that. The enemy hates churches. He hates the body of Christ. He, he is like, unity. do not get together. Because when you get together and you come in together in prayer and agreement, we can conquer anything. And the enemy saw that and came against them. Well, we know there's the 12 tribes of Judah. Right. And then we know we have the Levites, the, um, the servants of the temple. Mm-hmm. You've got to think during this exile, they lacked a lot of unity. Mm-hmm. So during this regrouping process, the bringing back in, it talks about this in Ezra, how they had to, I know they're all, I know they're all Jews, but they had to remix their differences. Mm-hmm. And they all had to come together in unity. So the enemy is trying to even put strife within the people. Well, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's do strife outside the people. And you can tell the enemy's always working on his next step plan. If this plan isn't going to work for him and you fought through this, you can tell he's always working on next. But my notes here, let me go back to this. Romans chapter 8, 28. Um, all things work together for the good of those who are called by his name. We have to back up and read this and see throughout this chaos, throughout this problem, throughout this situation, there truly is a sovereign God. Mm-hmm. There truly is a God who is in control. And if we can just submit and trust him, you know, I, w- I want to say this. I know we're coming to a close. We're finishing up chapter 5. Some of us don't need to recommit to him. Some of us just need to recommit our trust in him. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my focus and what I'm learning from this. God, don't just let me serve you in action. God, in my spirit, let me trust you. Let me personally, in my family, in my prayer life, for my kids, for for my job, for my surroundings, let me personally 100% trust you. God, you're sovereign. I understand that. But it's easy to let doubt slip in. It's easy to let thoughts come in. God, let me trust you in your sovereignty. So we're, we're coming to a close here. Please take a moment to like this and share this. If you've enjoyed this, leave a comment. Let us know. We love to see the comments. We love to see how people are getting touched and helped. And if you're interested in our free Bible course, this is a great time to start. We're in 2024. Mm-hmm. We're in the book of Ezra. We finished a lot of the chronologicals, and now we're into a lot of fun stories. So join with us. Come in here and work through this 100% free. We'll have a link in the description. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you.